Got my shirt. Oh, nice. So dope. Where did you get that? Crash Bandicoot. My sister got it for me for my birthday. Crash Bandicoot. Wow. That is such a good shirt. You got to do the dance. Uh, I. <laughs> one of my dreams is to build, like, the next cosplay I really want to build is, do you yep. remember the Crash Bandicoot commercials from the 90s? Yes, where he had the megaphone outside of Nintendo? Yeah, I want to build that. <laughs> I want you to build that. It's a, it's amazing. If I can do the Green Ranger Dragon Shield, I should be able to do that. I think you'd be fine. I really think you'd be fine. I'd ha- My internet search history is going to be weird. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you wanna talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to you to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan, and I'm Devin. And today is a Devin's Disney triple feature, because I could not think of a word that starts with D that stands for three. Um, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about three. De- Devin does this every once in a while, makes us watch three Disney movies. We each pick one. Uh, today's theme is Disney Channel original movies. Oh. So if you grew up on the Disney Channel like we did or not, uh, <laughs> uh, this is the show for you. But before we do that, we like to talk about things that uh, we've seen over the last week in pop culture, just to get the guys excited about some other new stuff. I, I didn't watch much, guys. I was a little bit busy at a comic convention. I heard uh, about that. Yeah. Same here. I heard whispers. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was at GalaxyCon in Richmond, Virginia, with our friends over at Victims and Villains doing a panel on Batman and mental health. And it was a lot of fun, uh, very deep and... Also entertaining. I definitely did not have printouts of the part of, of scenes from Batman Forever that weren't in the actual movie. Uh, <laughs> like I, I took del- I took the deleted scenes of Bruce reading the book, and we talked about that. So I wow. educated everyone on Batman Forever, wearing a Batman Forever T-shirt. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but beyond that, I got to meet some famous people. Uh, I got to have a five-minute conversation with Doctor Beverly Crusher, Gates McFadden. Aww. Which was which was awesome. Uh, got my photo taken with uh, William Riker, uh, Jonathan Frakes. Who? Wow. Uh, yeah. So the photo came out horribly because we were like the last ones in line, and we it was like, uh, it was a mess. But like, luckily, I have Photoshop and can take the photo and tweak it so I look better. Um, <laughs> but we didn't get to have a conversation with him because it was like. Photo, okay, you're done. Photo, you're done. Oh, so we, wow. we had like a we had like ten seconds, and the only thing we, my wife and I wanted to say to him was, "Hey, we're Penn State grads too, so we are." And he, I got William Riker to say, "We are," and I was like, "Yes, I oh, win." Well done. Um, so that was cool. Uh, beyond that, the only other person I really saw there that was exciting was friend of the show Will Smith, not that Will Smith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um didn't get slapped. Uh. But he's going to be on the show here soon to promote some stuff that he's got going on. So that'll be exciting. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But overall, it was an exciting weekend. A lot of cool cosplays. Um, My nephew got very excited when he saw the Mandalorian carrying around a Grogu as we were walking out. Like, all he wanted was Baby Yoda the whole time. And then as we're walking out, he got to see it and he lit up like a kid on Christmas. 
So. I love that. Yeah. What do you, what do you talk to Beverly Crusher for five minutes about? Uh, she just she wanted to know about us. Uh, she asked Aww. what we do, and I told her about my new job. And uh, when she asked my wife what she does, she, and my wife said teaches seventh grade math. She's like, oh, girl. like, <laughs> <laughs> What a good answer to that. But we, we talked about, because my wife's a big fan of Labyrinth, we talked about her work on that as a choreographer. She talked about how she uses choreography when she's directing. It was a really cool conversation. Like, Wow. I, it made me regret not waiting in line to talk to Jonathan Frakes and just doing the photo op. Like, I'll never buy a photo op again. Those are the, those are the only two that I'll ever buy. And I didn't even get to go to one of them because of my panel. Um, but... In the future, yeah, I'm just going to wait in line, get a selfie or an autograph or and just have that moment because those moments are the coolest. Like th- those are the stories that I enjoy for Comic-Cons, yeah. like having like the interaction I had with John Glover the last time I went to Richmond where it was just insane in the best <laughs> way possible. Um, yeah, those are the cool moments. So I don't think I'll ever pay for a photo op again, but I will wait in line to have a five minute conversation with people that i admire in the industry so that sounds like a good call yeah yeah so what you what have you guys been up to <laughs> i had a lot of family over this week so i didn't get a lot of time to watch a lot of stuff but i did i did get to sneak one little thing in there uh, okay was like my guilty pleasure watching thing tell us all about it <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's called the reluctant traveler it's an apple tv plus show with with eugene levy I actually heard him on a podcast about this show. Apparently, Apple TV Plus approached him and said, Hey, Eugene, we want you to film this show about you staying in different hotels around the world. And his first reaction was, Okay, great. This is wonderful. Thanks. I'd be happy to do it. Yeah. And then he said the night afterwards, he was thinking, he's like, Oh, no. That means I'm going to have to travel to these hotels, doesn't it? I really don't want to do that. I don't like traveling. So the next day, he called up Apple TV Plus, whoever the manager was, and goes, guys, look, I don't think I'm your guy for this. He's like, I would love to stay in gorgeous hotels. I hate traveling. And Apple TV went, that's our show. And that's the show. It is about this guy who genuinely hates traveling and is not adventurous and does not want to try new things, going to places like Finland and Costa Rica and uh, <laughs> Lisbon and being forced to try new things that he is so uncomfortable with. And it's kind of refreshing to see a travel person take like that tack. Cause I can't tell you how many like food network stars I've seen. Like I love new food and new cultures. I just, I just want to get out there and live life to the fullest. Not Eugene Levy. Who's like reindeer meat. That's weird. I don't want it. <laughs> I have seen it's... a few episodes of this. And it is phenomenal. Um, I have not. I've yet to see an episode on Apple TV, a show on Apple TV that I haven't enjoyed. Uh, I think I'm the same. Ted Ted Lasso, um, or six or not Succession, um, Severance. Uh, oh like yeah. Everything everything I've seen on there has been great. Um. Yeah. yeah, I was originally not a fan of Apple TV Plus, but I think shows like this, shows like like Severance, I think they've they've turned me on it. I, I really enjoy what I watch on there now. Good, good. Yeah, Ryan, would you watch this show? That's all I care about. I mean, you I mean no, I mean it, it 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 does sound interesting because I go back and forth between being yeah. like a person that like wants to try new things 
but then within an hour i'll just switch personalities for some reason and i'm just like i don't want to go i don't want to do that no (laughs) i want to be alone like i go in between both so i can Mm -hmm. definitely appreciate you know because was it there was that one guy who was like a chef in new york and they followed him like he was big on like food and culture i think he was on like the travel channel or discovery channel bourdain him yeah, yeah, like I remember watching his show, and there would be nights where I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome! I would love to do that." But then, like halfway through the episode, I'm like, "Yeah, no, no, I just no." <laughs> <laughs> no <more. laughs> I'll tell you what: after uh, driving for four hours to and from Virginia, I'm I'm good on travel for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Eugene um, Levy is not driving any of these places. Oh, yeah, absolutely no. not. Uh, <laughs> if he if he did, that'd be a write off. Uh, <laughs> it would. Uh, since we're talking about Apple TV uh, a little bit, have you guys been watching the new season of Ted Lasso? No, I'm not caught I've, up. I'm still mid one. I have not gotten around to it yet, but I'm going to this this coming week. I'm going to start watching it. I, I had to tell my wife today. I was like, you know, what we're not going to do tomorrow. Wake Alan up at 4 a.m. to watch it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am still exhausted from this past weekend. So we've, that's what we've been doing. Like it just schedule wise, it worked out better for us to watch it first thing in the morning. And then I go back to sleep. Um, <laughs> and by go back to sleep, I mean, wait for her to leave and then watch the Mandalorian. So <laughs> how, um, how have both of those news episodes been? I haven't been keeping up with been, either of them. It, it's just as good as ever. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But uh, Ryan, I'm very yes. curious to hear about what you watched this week. So, okay, so uh, yeah, I picked up the show Agent Elvis. I had no, I I wasn't going. I I seriously thought that I wasn't going to like this show, but I had some free time, had to do some chores. I, I needed to put something on the TV for me to for background noise, and I was like, whatever, I'll give it a chance. And I ended up not getting my chores done and watching three straight episodes. <laughs> um, as someone who is in no way an Elvis fan, I have to say that this show is great. Like, it's not amazing, but it's good. It is funny, stupid humor. Take Elvis as he... The show... Uh, Elvis starts off as, like, a wannabe crime stopper, uh, along with being who Elvis actually was. And then he eventually gets sucked into this, like, secret organization that helps the U.S. keep its empire going. Um, And it's actually really funny. And um, they reference any conspiracy theory that you can think of that that is set in the 60s and 70s, they talk about or deal with in this show. Okay. <laughs> can, can I ask the question? And you can spoil this for me because I, That's I fine. just want to know if it happens. At any point, does he reference his own music and say, I'm caught in a trap and I can't break out? <laughs> I cannot remember since I've basically binged the season in like three days if oh, he wow. actually says that or not. But okay. it's only 10 episodes. But okay. the only uh, but other people there's one character specifically that he deals with all, all of the time who is not a fan of his music. And so she's always, so she always has like a one liner to say about him being like an old man or yeah. like not understanding what good music is. Um, and then, and then of course he always has his comebacks. Plus everyone knows who he is and, and, um, and, uh, and pretty much likes him. Um, 
they do what I'm happy about. They do, in like two or three lines throughout the season, call out some of the issues that people have with Elvis. Oh, and yeah. they use it as like a gag. Um, but again, it's in good taste. It's quick. Um, it's not like it takes up like a full minute of time. It's just one person saying something and then him laughing it off. Um, but so it's... I- Yes, I, I need to know, because looking at this poster here, uh, Matthew McConaughey is the top build actor in this. Yeah. Is he Elvis? He's Elvis, and it's <laughs> glorious. It is absolutely <laughs> glorious. You, you he does a terrific that, Elvis. You would think since Austin Butler still hasn't lost the voice, they would just get him. But I, I think <laughs> no. I'm sold now on watching this. And Bobby Ray, Elvis's like assistant and like all of the like crap that he does is johnny knoxville oh man oh it's funny i'm so, I'm, I'm, so, like, yeah. I'm, so I'm so upset that johnny knoxville's show um reboot got canceled on hulu oh did it get canceled it got canceled yeah but oh, it's, so i remember it was you talking the, about it it was one of the funnier shows i've seen on it's the funniest thing i've seen on hulu ever wow. um and i and i've been watching how i met your father so so, okay, well, yeah. Um, so, what, 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 what I'm going to leave it with for people who care about percentages and numbers and scores, okay? Mm-hmm. IMDb has it a seven out of ten. Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes has it at a sixty-eight percent. Mm-hmm. And since I'm looking at this on Google, ninety-two percent of Google users liked it. Wow. That have gone to like answer if they liked it or not. Ninety-two percent have like. It's a really dumb premise. It can get really stupid, but that's part of the humor, and they use it. I, I want a job writing on this show because there are so many jokes that I can think of just off of the Elvis songs that I know. Like mm-hmm. one yeah. of the bad guys, he just like punches him in the face. Like, You're the devil in disguise. Like, <laughs> really like that. Yeah. Well, um, uh, that and uh, who's that? Who, uh, who is that old, uh, like big, big, like baron back in like the 20s and 30s that was into aviation the one who like went nuts oh uh howard hughes yeah he's in this uh, show i i saw a as, clip of him yeah he's the mad scientist at the secret organization that hires elvis wow like it it's and they give an explanation and a reason for why howard hughes went nuts and they use that for his character and it's just it's there's not one part of this show that i did not like <laughs> cool well i'll have to check it out uh this yeah. is I, I keep seeing this pop up and i'm like oh, i should watch that uh, and i think you've convinced me to so yay <laughs> <laughs> on that note i think we should get into today's main topic uh devin's disney triple feature uh so devin i'm gonna throw it over to you to talk about right, your so- film so we are talking about Disney Channel original movies, otherwise known as DCOMs. I just to give anybody who doesn't know what these things are a brief, brief history of DCOMs. Disney Channel originally was an extra paid service with cable back in the U.S. Uh, you had to pay a little bit more for them, and to help kind of sweeten the deal for parents, what they did is they released original movies. Now these original movies used to be like prestige movies, like Mark Twain and like big deal movies that they would release on this channel but as things went on they started gearing these more and more and more towards children 
they started as something called Disney Channel Premiere Films and then switched over to Disney Channel Original Movies, the first one of which we're actually talking about on this podcast got released in 1997. Uh, can, these, can, can, oh, can we take a moment to talk about the Disney Channel Premiere Films before we yes, dive into everything? Of course we because can. Because my first choice for this episode was a Premiere Film, so I could not choose it. Um, what was your first choice? It's called Susie Q from 1996, and it stars Amy Jo Johnson. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's about it's it's pretty much one of those 1950s um, died too young love songs, but in movie <laughs> form. Like she dies in a car accident, and then this kid falls in love with her ghost in like modern day. Wow. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't know that. I've never seen or heard of that one. That's amazing. Well, then maybe I'll have to just bring it on the show. <laughs> you will. You 100% will. So back in like their heyday, Disney Channel was releasing one of these movies a month. Disney Channel now releases these movies at a beat rate of about one every two months. The most famous DCOM, the ones I'm sure everyone's heard of, is Disney is uh, High School Musical. Started its life as a DCOM. But other ones kind of shook or rocked the boat and went a little bit farther than just the purview of Disney Channel. Today, I think all of the ones that we're talking about never really left Disney Channel. So I'm excited to talk about all of them. Are we starting with, with mine? Uh, we are starting. We said chronological order. so Yep. So that means the first one uh, is Ryan's pick for this. So Ryan, I'll kick it over to you to talk about your decom that you had us watch. Okay, so uh, Under Wraps, the original, came out in 1997, which apparently I'm just learning this too, is right is right when they went for the name change for yeah. what these movies were supposed to be. So um, none of the movies that we're going to talk about today, and I mean none of them, um, I watched at all when they originally came out because I stayed away from the Disney Channel like the plague when I was a kid. Um, and so all of these movies I've only seen in the at least the past two years. Um, Under Wraps was one of my wife's favorite, so that's one of the ones that she was like, you know, you've never watched these, so let's start with this one. Um, and this is, and this is besides another one is my favorite. Um, and it just, it's, it's funny, it's witty, which is a theme I have found out of the Disney original movies that I like, they're witty. It's not silly humor, it's witty humor. Mm -hmm. Um... It's about a kid who loves horror movies his um, and his two best friends, a uh, kid that does not like horror at all, and a witty uh, uh, girl character that he's friends with. And, I mean, she is. She's, she's no, the it, funniest one of the movie. Like, she's she literally is. the funniest person of the movie. Um, and they come across a mummy who becomes a live mummy. And who it's, it's a Disney movie, so he's a friendly mummy. He's not an evil one. Um, and they get involved with the mafia. They have to fight off the mob. So anyway, um, I really like this one. It's my favorite. That's why I picked it. Um, and I spent like 20 bucks purchasing it on Amazon Prime like two years ago. So I could always watch it when I wanted. Um, so, you know, there's that. So what do you guys think of it? <laughs> God, Alan. So this is since this is the first one, you can tell that they have Disney didn't sit down and be like, okay, these are the rules for the Disney Channel original yeah. movies. Because there's mm -hmm. some lines in here that I'm like, they said that on Disney Channel, <laughs> and they're from the kids. Yeah, and I'm like, I sleep oh, in the nude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's not creepy. Like, um, 
But no, I I enjoyed this. Uh, I had a realization talking. I made a joke before the show to you guys that I'm going to hold on to a little bit longer. That, that you guys ah. just didn't understand. Um, but I'll I'll save that for a minute. But I looking this over on IMDb when I was watching it, which I totally finished and didn't skip the last five minutes. Um, <laughs> I realized I, I knew the director from this from other stuff that he did. He worked on a few other Disney Channel properties, but he also directed like 18 episodes of Smallville. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, Greg Beeman did a lot of Smallville. He was involved in Heroes. Um, but, yeah, so I saw his name. He also worked on the Disney Channel original movie Miracle on Lane 2 and Horse Sense. All and, of which and, I've seen. And Brink, which we are not talking about. Uh, sorry, sorry, Bill. Uh, in chat. Oh, I, I, Next you know what? Know. Brink, Brink was my other choice. If it wasn't Cadet Kelly, it was going to be Brink. I can't. I cannot. I cannot, I cannot wait no. for you to justify that decision to not only us but friend of the but show. But to Bill, Bill yes. just you wait, just you wait. I, can't, I, can't, I, can't. Um, I have never it. done more research for this show. Devin, what did you think of Under Wraps? Oh, ten out of ten. I loved it. I watched this as a kid. I knew everything about it. I remembered it beat for beat. I don't know why I remembered it, but I remembered it. And it's, I mean, it's a phenomenal movie. It's, you know, it's a silly little kid's movie. And I think while I was watching it, I made the realization that, like, this needs to make it onto my, like, Halloween rotation. And I'm sad that it hasn't up until this point. Yeah. 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 I mean, one thing that, um, and I told Kristen this, and she laughed at me, like, when I first saw this, like, years ago, um, uh, one of the things that I liked about the movie was the fact that Disney didn't have their rules set out yet. So like yeah. they made the characters have jokes that were like, can they be a little creepy? Yeah. If you want to put it under a magnifying glass. Yeah. It can be a little creepy. But when I was 10 years old, stuff that we would say on the playground or, you know, like in between classes borderline on the same stuff that was said during this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably so, about right. So it's one of those things too, where it was like, all three of those characters I w- 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 would have been friends with. And one of the things that I always see in this movie that I always laugh at is when they're sitting at, um, is at the picnic table during lunch and they're talking back and forth and the camera's cutting to their faces. When they get to the horror movie kid, there is an extra over his shoulder that is watching and looking at them talking. <laughs> and he's laughing along with the lines being said. And he's not a part of the conversation. He's not a part of the conversation. And he's just sitting behind off camera watching. It's really funny. So so this movie is the earliest I can remember of a few things that that have kind of shaped my personality and why I do this podcast now. This is the first time I remember recognizing an actor from something else verbatim. Like watching this on Disney Channel. Like, Oh, I know that guy. He's from this show. Um, who was it? The, the, uh, the actor who plays the stepdad in the mummy. I was like, oh, I know him from coach. I remember. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was also the first time that I picked up on, he's playing the same character. Like he, he's the same, the same actor playing two different characters. Yeah. Um, but the joke I made to you guys before the show was I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't finish the movie. I got like 10 minutes in. I, I, I fast forwarded through the end. Mm-hmm. The joke I made was like, I don't remember how it ends. He, he stays a mummy. Then it becomes a starfish. And you guys didn't get that joke. Nope. Now I do though, because it just okay. hit me. Yeah. Uh, 
Devin, can you think of any popular starfish in pop culture? The one from Finding Nemo? How about the one no. from SpongeBob? You idiot. Oh, Patrick. is he Patrick? He's Patrick. Every I had t- no idea. Every time the mummy groaned in this movie, all I could hear was Patrick Star. <laughs> And then, like, is mayonnaise an instrument? Like, <laughs> now that you say that, I yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, same actor. Um, huh. So yeah, he's living in a mansion, not off the money he made off of this, but from SpongeBob, because I mean, that's the franchise that Nickelodeon will never let die. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, Patrick Starr is the mummy in this. Wow. Okay, cool. I learned something. I had no idea. Yeah. Anything else so, on under wraps? Okay. Yeah, Ryan, was this was this your favorite um, one? Even after having watched all of them, this remained your favorite? Yeah, actually, as I went through, um, something I kind of let you guys know about, and this will mm-hmm. come up as we go through. Um, the other two movies we watched hit me in a way that made me irritated to the fact where, like, I need to watch all of them because I need to figure something out. So, with my wife's help, because she was enthralled by this idea, we watched a total of 13 uh, Disney original movies uh, since last Tuesday. Um, yeah. And I and I have them all graded from 1 to 10. And right. Under Wraps the- is, is sitting for at number 10 for me. All right. Still. At the end of the these. show, I want to hear all of your rankings for I the do other too. ones. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll okay. save that for the end. Yeah. Yeah. You are the hero this podcast needs, Ryan. This is amazing. Thank you. No, you you have, you understand, and I will tell you the emotion that made me do this because it okay. because it is the most ADHD thing ever. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yeah. Anything else for under wraps, or should we move on to my pick? We can move on. Yeah. I loved under wraps. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I, I like it too. too. I remember yeah. this movie. Like I remember this being in the. Halloween rotation on Disney Channel. So I, I saw this one yeah. when it came out. And then it, it slowly faded away with the popularity of Hocus Pocus taking over Disney Channel. So, yeah. um, all right. So, yeah, my pick was Smart House uh, for science. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> part, part of the reason I made this put pick is because we all have smart devices now. A lot of us have automated things in our houses or, or apartments so I was like, I, I'm curious how this ages. Like, what did they get right? What did they get wrong? Um, yeah. So Smart House <laughs> uh, is a movie. Uh, <laughs> one, one of the things that surprised me, like, watching this um, was uh, this is on Disney Plus, And the quality of the movie they have on Disney Plus is god awful. Oh, it's yeah. like they copied a copy of a VHS and then filmed it on a iPhone. It it's blown up to full screen. Uh, it looks horrible, but mm. I, like, I I don't know if I can get through this just because of that. I almost changed my pick, but then I saw directed by Lavar Burton, um, and you don't have to take my word for it, but that drew me in immediately because I was like, Jordi LaForge directed Smart House. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so, um, yeah, I remember this movie coming out and there were things about this movie that I didn't remember until I watched it again, Mm -hmm. but I'm curious, what did you guys think of smart house? Had you seen it before or not? 
Um, I've heard of this movie before uh, because it, it's a popular one amongst people. I, I do know that there are some people that I have known and know that would consider this their favorite um, mm-hmm. from when they were a kid. Uh, like I said before, I stay away from the Disney Channel like the plague when I was little, so I never watched it. Um, but this movie got me so frustrated that I was l- that Kristen was laughing at me because every time the lead character would start to like talk about how about how the family's fine and they don't need any help. I was just repeating to myself, he needs a therapist, he needs a therapist, he needs a therapist, he needs a therapist. <laughs> the entire time up up until about like the um the up until the point where the uh oranges hit the fan and he finally got over it. <laughs> Fair. Totally fair. I mean, he he needs a therapist. I mean, I think even after the movie, he needs a therapist. Like, 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 look, like he needs therapy. He needs therapy. He needs therapy. Like that's why I was like that, and the therapist was. I was every time he'd open up his mouth and talk about his mom or the family or, you know, telling telling the dad straight to his face, like you don't need anyone. And I'm thinking to myself, like, uh, yeah, he probably does. He probably. T- Listen, this was 1999. You did not take your kid to therapy. You bought your kid expensive things in hope that he turned out fine. True. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's how most of us wound up the way that we are. <laughs> Just you. Yep, exactly. Uh, so when I think of this movie, this is the quintessential decom for me. Like, this is like the decom to end all decoms, I think. There's a lot of like stuff that you can tell they're still figuring out. But it still very much has a lot of decommy tropes in it that I watched again and went, yeah, this is what I came for. The stuff like the the theme song of that like what is it like the house is jumping that like kept playing throughout the the thing or like the perf like the three like middle school kids that have a perfectly choreographed dance in their living room. Mm-hmm. Oh man, just give me all the the plot that makes almost no sense. The really yeah. bad CGI, just all of it is just exactly what I want well, in a decom. One thing that I wasn't aware of, and Kristen said this, that like that song is an actual band, like there's an actual boy band, and that's a real song and a group and a real group that they were dancing with that was playing oh, and, on the. Oh like, yeah, totally it was. Yeah, real as in real life, not real as in real life for the movie, but like real life as in it was an actual boy band that was around during the time. Yeah that that uh, was from yeah the one thing that about this movie that made that it just made me remember about all of the um bo- like musical groups from that era that had like their moment to shine on disney yeah. movies and then were never heard from again like bewitched <laughs> yeah say yeah. yeah um but yeah like like every once in a while that bewitch song pops in my head like is that the song from Smart House? And then it showed up, and he's like, "Not a like." So now I have to deal with that for the next twenty years, popping in my head again. Mm. Finally got it out. Um, but yeah, so Ryan, it was part of the reason you're familiar with this movie because of Katie Seagal and Futurama. No, it had nothing to do okay. with her. Even though, even though I recognized her name 
as soon as it started and i was like oh that's cool you know she's from futurama she's from you know it's like so like the whole like smart house science fiction she's there from futurama the whole like wanting you know it's like being the mom from married with children so i thought it was a very funny role for her to do since it was like both things combined um into one so i mean i definitely loved her voice acting and then at the end i loved her performance at the end Mm -hmm. like like that was one of the things i really really liked about this movie and then one of the things i absolutely couldn't stand about this movie was again the choreographed dancing but not just the choreographed dancing i i only know of one kid when i was in middle school one kid who was a guy who was openly a fan of boy bands Everyone else was quiet about it and never spoke anything. And they were fans of like, you know, Three Doors Down or Fuel or, you know, Slipknot or whatever. They weren't open about their love for boy bands. Now, that was, again, the late 90s, you know, because I went I started high school at the very start of the millennium. Um, So, again, that's probably toxic masculinity thrown in there pretty heavily. But. As soon as I saw that scene, I was like, yeah, this is one of the reasons why I probably never watched these movies, because I would have seen this scene. I'm like, oh, no, three boys, uh, three boys dancing to 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 a boy band wouldn't happen. And and they just changed the channel like that's how my mindset was back then. (laughs) Devin, what's your mind? What's your opinion on boy bands in that era? Like what what was your I almost came to blows with someone in school about whether NSYNC or Backstreet Boys was better. I'm not a fighter. I almost fought someone. Because it, they said wait, that that yeah. Whose honor were you defending? Backstreet Boys. Oh come hell, on! Hell yeah! Yeah! In <laughs> sync's got more hits. Get out of here! Get out of the podcast! In sync's got more hits. Uh, and I don't really care which one's better. Backstreet Boys like, has the staying power. I like them both. Uh it's debatable. Um, <laughs> I like them both, but I saw Backstreet Boys in concert. Uh, I did not have a backstage pass, but I found this antiquing and I was like, well, I went to that concert tour, so I'm going to buy that and you need it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like, I would, I liked Backstreet Boys too. So, and in sync, like I liked, and and we're also like two guys who have younger sisters. So yeah, uh, I went antiquing this weekend and I found there was a stand that had loose CDs for some uh, reason, and on the top of the one, I just looked at it, I was like, oh, that's instinct, in, in sync, no strings attached. Like, I, I recognized it immediately without reading any of the text. I was like, no strings attached. I know what that is, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I was an only child. All of my friends were metalheads. We, we know. Even in middle school. <laughs> and so my mom bought me NSYNC's, like, first album uh, because she knew that I liked music and it was a new group. And so she got it. I didn't even realize what, what it was at first. And I put it on, this is real story. And I put it on and it sounded nothing like any of the stuff I was listening to. And I went downstairs and I was like, mom, why did you get me a girl's band CD? <laughs> Middle school, like yeah. seventh grade here. So like, you've got to understand, like it's, completely different mindset now but like that was oh, my yeah. reaction back then to that that's why like i even told Kristen that and she laughed and she was like uh yeah no <laughs> so looking at the technology in this in the smart house was mm-hmm. there anything that jumped out to you guys like oh yeah we have that today 
and it's better than what smart, the smart house has or the, anything that the smart house has that's better than what we have. I think that like video screens are like way better in real life than what they were in the movie. And maybe it was just because of like the quality of the movie, but they all yeah. seemed super low res. They all seemed really weird. And you can tell it was definitely from an age when like nobody really figured out video calling etiquette yet. Like the one lady was like straight turned away from the camera like talking to him i'm like no just turn you gotta turn like even if he's not on that screen you gotta pretend like you're looking at him yeah like that that stuff i thought was very funny ryan how about you uh i found their idea of a holodeck to be very interesting the uh uh the family room and like the beach with like the water spraying on them like where does the water spray from from like a drywall but whatever um (laughs) Don't worry about it. I honestly, though, really want, like, I I love the idea of the house gearing itself to personalize it to your personality, to where, like, it wakes up the son to a basketball game. It wakes up the girl to, I forget what she wakes up to. Um, but I like that. And <laughs> I want that. <laughs> It was Mickey Mouse conducting an orchestra at the Hollywood. Oh Bowl, yeah, that's right. Which I would love to be woken up to. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there, guys. What's amazing though is you can do that with your phone. You can set like the the certain song that you want or clip to be your alarm on your phone. Yeah, but it's yeah. not Layla from Futurama doing it for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Layla. Yeah, Layla. There's that, but at the same time, too, like, all of my stuff's too jarring. Like, if I were to go to, like, a sport thing, it would be a call. Like, you know, it's like a call from a play from the radio or the TV, and that's way too jarring for me to wake up to, somebody yelling at the top of their lungs. Yeah, the sports clip wasn't very subtle to wake up to, though, either. Like, I get that it was, yeah, like, a championship well, I mean, thing, but... I mean, it did start during the play, so, like, it didn't start with the with the guy yelling yet. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's that. Like all you heard was like was uh was like sneaker squeaks. Yeah, maybe so, you like, could, that wasn't you could that start bad. that for yours too. Like start it from the pitch, and then like and then I mean I'm yeah, but there's no sound. There's th- there's no sound to that that's gonna wake me up like you know like basketball sneakers. That's probably fair. Maybe this maybe the subtle crack of the bat in the background might be just enough to lull you out of slumber. Uh, yeah, I, I can tell you hate this sleeper. idea. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry, Devin. I know you're trying, and I appreciate trying. it. I am. <laughs> part part of me wants to believe, and I, I hope this happened in real life. But mm-hmm. when when he was directing the scene with the hologram beach and everything, I really hope Lavar Burton's like, okay, so you're gonna step onto the holodeck. I mean, the oh. living room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I, like the only thing that was jarring to me that we don't really have quite yet is like all the automated food stuff like we're getting there like keurigs are a thing and everyone has like the coffee makers for like or like just drink makers for a bunch of stuff like the soda streams and like the Mm -hmm. smoothie stuff we're getting there but it's not fully automated yet so we'll get there oh of course we will uh i did want to mention one plot point about this movie that i loved to bits was that they tried to call him to announce that he won the smart house, but they couldn't get to him because he was on the internet tying up the phone line. Asleep. Guys, yeah. guys, I forgot about that. And I <laughs> and, miss it. And what's so 
like what ages the movie even more beyond that is he doesn't get the phone call, but everyone else finds out because it's in the newspaper. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't do that plot line anymore. Like it's no. <laughs> Um So this movie, I do have to say, because I know we're being fun. These are kids' movies. Yeah. You know, like watching it, this, you know, having an adult critique a kid's movie is kind of silly, but I'm going to lean into it. Do um, it. Do it. Hit it. I won the kid. The, 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 the whole thing with like me see, uh, uh, saying he needs therapy, he needs therapy, he needs therapy. Like that whole plot point drove yeah. a nail through my skull. It got like, It was his main plot point. Like, I understand where it's coming from. I understand that he's, you know, like 13, 12 years old or whatever in it. And kids are dumb. I understand that. But still, like watching it now, that was like driving a nail through my skull. Um, and then you had the thing where, like, he the reason why the house gets screwed up is because he takes off safety protocols. And and. And not at one point, and he has several times to explain the fact that he messed everything up. He doesn't. He doesn't tell his dad when he apologizes about stuff. He, he, he never brings this up. It's a simple thing to say, oh, yeah, I'm sorry I did this. I didn't want you to get with her because, you know, it's like, I don't want you to forget mom. I don't... I don't want her, you know, replacing mom. Like, oh, no, I understand. They have a talk. And then he can say, hey, I think I know why the house is going all screwy. It's because I took off the safety protocols. Boom. Fixed. I'm happy in this one because this is a big problem I have with the next movie. I'm happy in this one that at least they do it at the very end where he apologizes for doing it at the very end of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And that made things a little bit better. But I have this movie at a six. <laughs> oh, I would okay. give this movie, I think, about a seven or an eight. I think uh, I liked it a lot more than you did. I, I'd, I'd go I'd go seven and a half, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I just realized, like, the one thing that... And we'll have to talk about this at, at the end when Ryan goes through the rest of them. Like, mm-hmm. the one thing that is a constant between all of these movies is the, uh, the, the parents are either... Uh, divorced, dead, or separate, or <laughs> or um, just not in the picture. Yeah, because you had you had the stepdad in under wraps. You have the dead mom in this very Disney thing to do. Um, it is hundred percent. It's definitely a Disney a Disney trope um, that we will talk about now in Devin's pick, which is Cadet Kelly. Yeah, with, guys. With, like, God. Hillary Duff I'm... and Christy Carlson Romano. Oh. <sighs> I feed off of your hate. It only makes me stronger. So please just keep this going. Okay, so my pick, I'll talk about it. Stop. My pick is the 2002 smash hit, Cadet Kelly, directed by Larry Shaw, who's directed a few episodes of The Flash, directed a few episodes of Lizzie McGuire, has directed Desperate Housewives. Uh, He's done quite a few things, this guy. This movie, I think, is the pinnacle of Disney Channel original movies for a lot of reasons. First off, for the time when it was released, it was the biggest Disney Channel original movie until, uh, until High School Musical came out. It was the most talked about one. But the reason I chose this one over the ones I was, I was going to pick Brink, I was going to pick Johnny Tsunami, was another one I was going to do. I was going to do the famous Jet Jackson 
These are all amazing picks. But the reason I picked this one is for two reasons. First off, Christy Carlson Romano, the lady that plays Captain Stone in this movie, uh, has now has a YouTube channel. And she's doing nothing but talking about the time that she worked at Disney Channel and what that was like and what the behind the scenes were. And <clears throat> you can get so much insight into how this movie is filmed. And I did a huge deep dive into it. And that was super interesting. But the other reason I did that is because I think of any Disney Channel original movie, I think that this movie had legs beyond what its original thing was. This movie is now an LGBTQ anthem movie. Like, this is, this is when people first discovered those kinds of feelings. It plays a big part in a lot of people's kind of coming out story. And everyone involved in the movie was completely shocked and blindsided by it. But I think that is so cool about this movie. The last little bit is that I have the Disney Channel plug spot for this permanently stuck in my head, the way that a lot of people will have, like, car dealership jingles. Because at one point in it, they go, she turns olive drab into totally fab. Oh, God, and I remember that now, too. Don't you just? Oh, and, and it's just, <sighs> it's always lodged in there. Whenever I hear olive or drab, that pops in straight away. So I had to pick this one. It was a shock to myself as well. But do I regret it? No, because it was phenomenal and cheesy. And there's weird stuff about the Disney Plus version of this that we're going to have to talk about. So first off, to both of you, what did you think? I don't think I've ever seen this movie beginning to end. Like I, I think <laughs> okay. I had seen bits and pieces of it. Um, I'm a bit aware of the Christy Carlson Romano stuff from mm -hmm. following her on social media. And I've seen that she's done those exposés talking about working mm. with Disney and Shia LaBeouf and mm. a bit about this one, too. Uh, and, I, I, and I know she's doing a lot of podcasting now, too. Like she has a, oh, cool. a, a voiceover, car, voiceover podcast she does with Will Friedle, who was Ron Stoppable to her Kim Possible. Um, Love that. But I think I had heard that this has become an, uh, like a pinnacle film for the LGBTQ uh, I, I want you to deep dive into that for me because I, I'm clueless. Um, oh, absolutely. But yeah, this was interesting to watch. <laughs> did, so. you, did you like it? Yes or no? Let's do a quick one. Yeah, it's, it's fine. okay if it's, yeah, it's okay. fine. Yeah. Okay. It, it okay. looked good on Disney plus like that's mm -hmm. like, it didn't look nearly as bad as smart house did. So they at least put, took some care with this one and didn't lose the, the DVD. Ryan? It's fair. Ryan, tell me all about it. This movie gave me enough anger to watch 11 other Disney movies <laughs> to find out what the problem was. <laughs> tell me all about it. Don't hold back. I like slapstick humor. I like mm -hmm. witty humor. I do not like silly humor. Let, let's dance with a white rifle in a room to make someone feel better. Like, no. No. Um, everything from the humor in this was not my thing. It was not, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was not my type of humor. So I laughed maybe two or three times through it. That was it. To, like, at, like, like, two or three things I found funny in the whole movie. Other than that, the whole idea of someone becoming the commandant or the, the headmaster at like a private military uh army 
mm-hmm. high school and then throwing his civilian quote unquote you know inner city liberal arts daughter into a military academy with no formal training as to what she's going to expect doesn't make any sense at all um you would you would you you would think realistically that she'd be prepared better for this situation um so i understand that they were trying to go for like a teenage girl version of stripes but even stripes had military (laughs) protocol and their characters understanding a little bit more of what they were getting themselves into so there's that um two there's a lot of situations in this where like I don't know, at the end of the movie where instead of, you know, just her coming back and everyone being mad, even though, like, her stepfather, the guy that runs the school, says, oh, she was with me, she's fine. He could have said something like, oh, yeah, no, I was rappelling down a cliff to save my dad, when, honestly, Stone, the one who's mad, would have really liked to hear that because that's something that she struggled with during boot camp. Mm-hmm. Every aspect of this movie, I, I'm sorry, but I never watched these movies as a kid, so I'm watching it through adult eyes. No, I love it. I love it. I mean, that's why we do this podcast. <laughs> Even without looking at it through adult eyes, if you had watched this in what year did it come out? 2002? 2001. I, okay. If you had watched it back then, dare I say, I don't think you were the target audience for this. Uh, <laughs> I was not no. the target audience for this. Okay. In 2002, in the year 2000, I turned 15 years old. Mm -hmm. So I would have been 17 when this movie came out, if not 18, when this movie came out. Well, no, 16, 17. I would have been 16 or 17 years old when... um, is when this movie came out. As soon as they would have shown whoever, Kelly... um, Talking about, you know, like, dealing with school or whatever you know, like with her teacher in this open atmosphere type learning environment, like shoving the camera in in people's faces, I would have changed the channel. If I I would have came into this movie halfway through, I would say there's probably every four minutes there's something that happens in this that would have made 17-year-old me change the channel. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah. Sorry. Like I I said, I... I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) So I think part of the reason that... Devin and I are more receptive to this is like, like Devin, I don't know how many episodes of Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens you had to watch, but all of them. Yeah. So like, it, was it you watching them or was it your, was it your sister? It was my sisters yeah. and I was around for it or would watch it with them. Yeah. I mean, I would watch even Stevens. I like, I like even Stevens and I like, I, I like Lizzie McGuire as well. Uh, but the fact that they had two of their big, like two of their biggest stars in this movie, um, which I think they would go on to do later with like Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato again, but like these two at this time was like hit like striking gold. Um, but I mean, this was like Avengers before Avengers, like. These are these two Don't juggernauts either. in a movie. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for real. Like, I remember the big deal was that these two are now in a movie together. And, oh, my gosh, I wonder how they get along. Yeah. So tell me a bit about the LGBTQ stuff with this. A lot of a lot of that comes from uh, Cadet Kelly's story where she's thrust into this kind of society that's very rigid and doesn't allow you to express yourself. 
And eventually the movie does kind of show that, you know, yes, you're going to get pushed back to it originally, but if you keep going, people are going to embrace your individuality and don't ever really stop being yourself, which is a really kind of, you know, a really good message for, for people that are kind of struggling with who they are and their identity in the society that doesn't think that they're, or that they don't think that they're relatively accepted in. And it also helps that, like, the first thing Hilary Duff lays down on that bed is a, a rainbow-colored blanket. Like, it, it's, you know, the, the movie's been, I don't want to say accused of, but, but called, you know, queer-coding almost the whole way through the movie just because of what these characters are going through and, and essentially all of their arcs through it. So I, I, I think that's one of the reasons why it's had kind of this second life as this anthem movie. And I can totally see it. I... I'm not surprised by that. I'm wondering how much of that was intentional because I just saw a news story today about the uh, subtext of, I think it was Selena Gomez's character on Wizards of Waverly Place. Like there was a whole subplot that they never committed to, but in the creator's eyes, like she was, uh, there was a relationship between her and this other character who who was a woman. So and so they hinted at it, but they never committed to it because Disney. But mm. that was the intention. Like, and I feel like I feel like Disney tried to do more than more of that than Nickelodeon did. Oh back yeah, in, back 100%. at this time. Mm-hmm. So, well, I know that at least the two stars of the movie, Hilary Duff and Christy Carlson Romano, like were complete. Like, were not expecting that read of the movie, but are both very delighted that it comes across that way. Yeah, that was like one of the if, main things you got. If people, look, as much as I crapped all over this thing, if people find enjoyment and they find stuff that they relate to in it, I am, ter- I, I, I am happy. I am happy that they do. It's just... It's not it, for you. It, it's, no, it's definitely not for me. But I love the fact that a movie like this has mm-hmm. gripped people that way because anything that anyone, anything that someone can watch and go, that's how I feel. Yeah. If it's hard for them to explain it vocally, which I can completely relate to, but they can see something in media and point to it and be like, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And and that was one of the things that I thought was the coolest about this was, oh, that. Oh, and also, I mean, you know, Sean Ashmore in anything is always funny to see. <laughs> You know what's funny? Like all three of these movies have connections to Smallville, because <laughs> uh, Ryan Merriman, who played the kid in Smart House, was on an episode of Smallville, and then Sean Ashmore was on Smallville. Um, was he? One of them was. Yeah, both of them were. Both of the Ashmore wow. brothers were. One played uh, a freak of the week, and the other one played Jimmy Olsen. Oh, funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's just that time period, like early early two thousands, was when everyone of this age ended up on Smallville, because mm-hmm. it was high school kids getting meteor powers from Kryptonite, and God, I want to watch Smallville <laughs> again. Like, <laughs> I need to watch it at all. Oh, so you the do. one thing I did, I do. The one thing I wanted to mention about this movie, and this, I want it. It was probably weird for you guys. A lot of this movie was probably weird for you guys, but there was the time when. Christy Carlson Romano and Hilary Duff have their little dance fight in the like open air courtyard. And they're like, I'm going to do this weird move. And then they're like, I'm going to do this other weird move. 
Now, originally, playing in the background of that, and this is going to be a really, you know, early 2000 sentence, was a Macy Gray song. And for some reason, they cut that out of the Disney Plus thing, and it's just a really, like, generic, weird song that I really hated. And it made me, on this watch of it, go, I forgot how awkward this scene was until I, like, saw the original to the Macy Gray song and went, no, this scene used to be kind of cool. What is the Macy Gray song? Oh, goodness. Like, didn't look that part up. Let me see. It's Macy. Is it? It's not the, it's not I Try, is it? No, no, no. Because that one was, <laughs> no, that was the As Told by Ginger theme song, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think I'm wrong there. That's okay. Uh, it was Relating to a Psychopath by Macy Yep, Gray. that was it. I'll have to check that out. I yeah. did not realize that. Music rights are weird, man. Like, yeah. They'd have to pay Macy Gray. And, like, she. I wonder if she even gets royalties for her 10-second cameo in Spider-Man. So, <laughs> oh, she was in that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fun stuff. Yeah. Anything? Okay. So, Ryan, you've teased us already yes. with yes. your list. Okay. I want you to tell us what else you watched. And that, what was your ranking for Cadet Kelly? Oh, one. That was that was bottom of the barrel. Okay. No, 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 no other movie got a one. There's a few twos, okay. but no other movie got a one on my list. Amazing. Okay. I'm I'm gonna pull up the list of the movies here so I can see it. Okay. Um, yep, I got them up. What? And I, just... I will clarify then because it turns out that Kristen is actually had uh, actually had me watch a handful of Disney original movies over the mm-hmm. past couple of years and I just had forgotten about them. Okay. So I will clarify which uh, which 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 ones I watched on my uh, hate binge and which ones I've already seen. Well, that, okay. yeah, well let's just try to make this quick. We got to wrap this up. No, it will be. Soon. It'll be quick. Okay. It'll be quick. Don't worry okay. about that. Okay. Let's get let's get okay. to it then. Come on. Just, just tell me to start. No start. Okay, so Under Wraps, 10. Color of Friendship, 10. That's one that I saw a couple years yeah. ago. Awesome movie, great message. Can of Worms, 9. Saw a couple years ago. Uh, Steps, uh, Stepsister from Planet Weird. Just watched that one last night. That was a 9. Um, uh, Don't Look Under the Bed, a movie that Kristen's always watching, 8. Um, the 13th Year, one I just watched yesterday, 8. John Johnny Tsunami watched a few days ago. Seven. Yes. Smart House six. Xenon six. Um, Genius five. Mom's got a date with a vampire. Five. <laughs> Brink four. Phantom of the Megaplex. Alan, I'm sorry, but that was a two. Uh, 